black leather, yellow leather, black leather, yellow leather, Irish wrist watch, Irish. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. <laughs> I'm Frida. I'm Abby. And this week's movie is Geostorm. Do you know what I was looking at the script? And it says, I'm what? Abby in my script, because it's from a different episode. And <laughs> I had to, I went, I, Frida, <laughs> remember who you are. Yeah, that, that would be helpful. Yes, you, Geostorm. So, <laughs> Frida. Yes. <laughs> That's who you are. Um, first, so look. I could talk to you about this movie for hours and hours on end because there is so much to say about it. It's just going to be such a struggle to keep the time down in this recording. I'm kind of freaked out. <laughs> I'm going to try. But what I want to... Before we get into anything, in the last episode that went out, 12 Monkeys, um, at the end I said that Geostorm was going to be the next movie. And you got very excited and confused because you were like oh what's 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 geostorm oh wait i have to look this up i have to look this up and you looked it up and you were like oh my god 19 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> oh this is gonna be great i'm so excited i can't wait so can we just clarify something yeah as of the release of 12 monkeys when i stated geostorm was the next episode had you seen geostorm before it turns out i had I had seen it and not only had I seen it but at the time that I saw it I did a Facebook status update exactly a year ago and I was reminded of it when I logged into Facebook <laughs> I don't have it in front of me but I think what don't I said you? Was, oh, do you? I, I'm going to get it because I love it <laughs> Just watched Geostorm after listening to a critic who said that the movie made him dumber as he watched it. But as he got dumber, he started enjoying it. Highly recommend. <laughs> so not only did you watch it, you recommended it. I recommended it. Yeah, highly recommend. And it, and it was Mark Kermode, you told me. I had yes. forgotten who it was, yes. but that he had said that. <laughs> <laughs> Watching it a second time, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that I made you watch it twice. <laughs> I actually was yelling at the screen, stop. Stop it. <laughs> I started yelling, stop it. I've noticed that my entire notes, as I was going through, continuously repeated is just the phrase, fuck off. Just fuck right off. No, fuck right off. <laughs> it's just all I kept writing down. My favorite note was was I wrote, "I hate this movie," and then in brackets I wrote two minutes in. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah. Right, so. Well. Anyway. <laughs> well, we just get straight into it then. Oh, uh, yeah, get into it. Let's yeah, get right ready? into all it. All right. Okay. So, my 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 summary is mildly involved. I'll try. I could do a very short two-line summary, but I I went the other way. So I hope <laughs> I hope you enjoy this. I'm excited. I'm going to sit back, relax, get some popcorn. Off okay. you go. Here we go. Geostorm. 
The year is 2019. But it's a futuristic sci-fi version of 2019, not like last year's 2019 full of Trump and Brexit. (laughs) Okay, do you know what? Actually, just forget what year it is. We'll call it an alternate universe because this might help understand what's going on here. The movie opens with some straight-up exposition narrated by a child to teach us all about how one scientist led the world in a collected effort to solve climate change. (laughs) It's a cli-fi movie! Cli-fi? Oh, hey. (laughs) Nice. But if you thought you were in for a movie that would highlight advanced scientific concepts that will allow us to relieve the pressure on Mother Earth and live a clean and considerate life for the survival of our future generations, you would be very, very wrong. What this movie is going to provide is an incredibly impractical net around the world that will control the climate so that you can keep living your life in exactly the same way without taking any responsibility for your carbon footprint. Exactly. Thank you. Fucking thank you. Technology will save us. Technology that can only have been built by the Federation. But... While Star Trek may have helped to pave the way for portable lasers, there is no conceivable science that Geostorm will influence. I mean, even the term Geostorm is a made-up thing. So, what is happening here? Well, the Earth is being battered by more and more intense weather fluctuations, and apparently one man, and one man alone, has designed, built, implemented, and maintained a system of satellites that have the ability to control the weather and tsunamis for some reason. This project is aptly named Dutch Boy. Wait, I'm sorry. Did I say aptly? I meant stupidly. (laughs) Drink a shot of beer every time they say Dutch Boy in this movie because it will actually improve the viewing. Anyway, shit naming conventions aside, 17 countries have come together to defy the laws of physics, meteorology, technology, construction, and even government budgets to send a net of weather control satellites into orbit around the Earth. You might be thinking... But how can they get that many satellites into orbit and build a new international space station better laid out than Google's headquarters? Because like, wouldn't a 30 mile per hour wind cancel any rocket launch and aren't they living in a dystopian weather apocalypse? Do not fear, dear viewer. They have created Elon Musk's wet dream. A bay of launch pads and shuttles as far as the eye can see that can easily and regularly make trips up to the newly built space station even when there's only one passenger on board. Enter stage left. The bad boy scientist with a regular people are too stupid to get it complex and an attitude that gets him booted off his own project. But not to worry, he will be back. His brother is in charge after all. Two brothers. Cut to three years later and lo and behold, something is wrong with Dutch boy. Gasp. Some satellites are malfunctioning. And through methods of physics and technology unknown to all but a select few at Warner Brothers, they are able to freeze villages before you can say, rain in the desert? Boil Hong Kong to a point that you'll think you're watching Volcano. (laughs) And much like in Volcano, if you just go to the next tree, you'll be safe. (gasps) Or, more spectacularly of all, chase down beachgoers with a tsunami of ice, but only to the line right before the hot girl in bikini (sighs) dies. Do not kill the hot girl in the bikini. Oh, Hi, sorry, Dean Devlin, this isn't the 90s anymore, love. A blatant lack of comprehension of a temperature gradient aside, we learn that the only person who could possibly be qualified to figure out this mess is the creator himself, the almighty. The saviour must be found and he must rise again. Rise up to the station, I mean. 
and action on scene. Government guy in a suit is forced to grovel to the obvious couldn't give a shit superiority of the smart but rough guy fixing machinery in his yard. But he agrees to go because if he didn't, the movie wouldn't have gotten made and scientists around the world wouldn't have had a good laugh. (laughs) From here on, we have two movies happening simultaneously. A political White House thriller and a space station enemy on board action. On the ground, we realise that the malfunction is a political attack and is going to cause a geostorm putting the world at risk, but making Murka look good. What's a geostorm? It's, it's cool. Some guy in the movie's going to explain it in a while, okay? <laughs> okay. While on the space station, plot-wise, nothing is actually happening. Mostly it's just like an excuse for some destruction in action scenes because we have airlock drama, big holograph screens, rogue satellites, over-the-top robotic arms, spacewalk, <laughs> guns in space. More airlock drama. Damage, damage, expensive damage. Now we have a big, angry, red time to geostorm clock. And apparently it will hit in this extremely precise time and not a second before. Unless they can somehow thwart the computer virus. But how could they possibly do this? Um, have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> it's just another 21st century reboot. With a slight twist, because you see, they need the kill codes. You heard me right. Kill codes. (laughs) Another term to add to our drinking game, but maybe hit it up with some spirits this time. Only one guy knows the kill codes. The president. And the thing is, they think he's the bad guy because they're clearly ignoring the fact that like Ed Harris is standing like right next to him. Hello. The only possible solution is to kidnap the president while the world starts going to shit. Get the kill goats to the station where the heroic science guy is busy singing his redemption song and going down with the ship. And so, at the last minute, Geostorm is adverted, Dutch boy is saved, bad guy is punched in the face, and cocky guy learns humility and a fiery end. But, well, not really, because some weird warping of how a satellite works means that he can climb inside and be saved. All is well, and Utopia reigns true. The end. What's a geostorm? (laughs) (laughs) It's a term written into the computer. The computer has a special state called geostorm. And I can count down to it. Written into the graphics. Geostorm. (laughs) Oh God, here we go with graphics again. (laughs) Ed Harris. Graphics card. Ed, I have no Harris. <laughs> Just joking. That's that's from Sex and the City. Oh. I would never. Fucking fuck, <laughs> fucking fuck. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> is is that your review of the movie? Yeah. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Oh my god. Go on. So, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. I know where what to start. What did you think? Yeah, go well, on. Wh- what, <laughs> what did, my question for you is, what do you think is the worst thing about this movie? Oh, balls. So, the thing is, right, if you listen to this podcast, you'll know that in a while we talk about tropes, and later on we talk about what the fuck moments. And I found that like when I was putting my notes together, 
everything was in those two sections. <laughs> so I had to pull everything out and put it all into the intro because I was like, it was the only way I could talk about all of it in one go and just go, that's it. <laughs> so I don't know that I can even actually find a worst point. Like, well, it, 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 I, com- it comes well, down okay. to... Okay, yeah. there's no actual geostorm in geostorm. We How don't, about that? We don't see the geostorm, whatever the fuck is the it geostorm. It doesn't happen. It's kind of like Dean Devlin just went, I've written all these movies before. I reckon I can direct one. I'm going to write it, but I'm going to write it as if it's still a 90s disaster movie instead of the fact that it's 2017. And I'm just going to do like destruction. Like I'm going to use climate change as the plot device, but I'm not actually going to do anything about showing anything realistic. He just went into fantasy land. It's funny because we're coming off of our 90s disaster um, movie miniseries. Yeah. And, you know, point of reflection, because and after those miniseries, uh, after those disaster movies, there was a whole lot of other disaster movies that became even bigger disasters. Um, the Day After Tomorrow, 2012, like they, they upped the ante on movies. destruction. <laughs> yeah, they up no, on just the level of destruction in those movies. Yeah. They just upped the ante. Um. And so it made me think, like, what did we want out of disaster movies and what what should this movie have done, given more of? And the answer is, like, they didn't give us enough destruction. The action sequences yeah. where the actual storms hit were so short and tight and ridiculous and not satisfying to watch. So they didn't have enough of that, right? But then yeah. they also did this, like, simpering thing where they tried to get us to give a shit about, like, any of the characters whatsoever and failed miserably. <laughs> Miserably, they tried to they, they tried to create all this drama drama around two brothers. I don't know if you've I don't know if you're Rick and Morty fan. <laughs> two brothers, and then a meteor hits, and also they have a secret code, and also their parents are dead. Two brothers, okay. They tried to create. <laughs> like, oh my god! Wait, do you think it's like Frozen? Two Is sisters. it just the dude version of Frozen? It's just a huge movie eye roll, like two brothers and then giant space lasers. We were born in the UK. Yes. Oh my God, stop. (laughs) My brother, my brother, we were born in the UK. So Which totally explains why he's got a fucked up, mildly UK American accent, but his brother is perfectly American. (laughs) I was born in the UK and my brother is about 20 years younger than me. He was born in New Jersey. Jesus Christ. (laughs) You know, I think like the worst part about this movie for me is I didn't give a fuck about the brothers and let alone like trying to do Mm. a political drama. Like every, it was, I didn't give a fuck about any of them. I didn't give a shit. The only thing that was it's half just interesting... It's a terrible script. It's a terrible script. But also the only thing that was half interesting was like when they turned up to Afghanistan and everyone was frozen. I was like, I would have liked to see that scene. I would yeah. have liked to see people slowly dying or surviving or anything. Mm. But they, we, it's, it's 10 seconds. It's just US military turning up and a whole lot of people in turbans frozen. <laughs> yeah. It was a similar thing. We talked about this in Spectral as well, about the whole, yeah. one of the biggest problems for us with Spectral was the fact that the 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 kill scenes 
they just they just happened bang yeah there was exactly. no build there was no nothing it was just like boom through it dead there was no actual it's like I said, it's, there's no temperature gradient it's just this idea that That's you can right. just kind of go like instant flash freezing you're done you're gone and we're just like oh uh, there's no horror okay, cool. there's no there's no yeah. horror in the situation i think um and- i think they didn't i feel like he made it with the idea that it was supposed like climate change was the the idea it was the reason for building it but yeah. it almost seems like maybe what he wanted to do was make a space movie he wanted it to be about the space station and the destruction yeah. that happens up there but yeah, I- you fed it as a disaster movie so everyone's there waiting to see everything on earth mm. get destroyed and you're kind of like oh okay where when's that gonna happen when's the geostorm hitting he tried to ride all these like fun characters on the space station too. <clears throat> Even if you take a movie like Armageddon, hugely successful, right? Yeah. The thing about Armageddon is that it didn't have any, like it knew what it was. Armageddon knows exactly what the fuck it is. So I, th- what I, I don't know what this movie was really going for, I guess space drama, but they, they tried well, to give like funny little characters and like sparring and they're making fun of each other, but it was like, yeah. Five seconds of maybe a little bit of something and then nothing after that. Did you know that they did $15 million worth of reshoots? A good year wow. and a half, I think, after reshoots. the movie was made. They made that it. Was re- yeah. So they made it, screen <laughs> tested it, got bad reviews, brought in Jerry Bruckheimer and a different director. They added a female scientist in the reshoots. And I'm like, Oh, oh, so so who who was that? Because it has to have been somebody on the space station, which means do they reshoot mm. all of the space station stuff? Did they just do everything with Jerry Butler and then they just went, let's just CGI in Ute, like Alexandra Maria Lara. Like, let's just, I don't know, is she the scientist that they added? Like, it's just really interesting. That makes sense because she did nothing. Yeah. She did nothing. She just stood there looking at him sideways going, you do something. Yeah. That Speaking was, of, was actually, so, yes. yeah. Um, I did, th- that is one thing that I will give this movie as a mild positive in mm. terms of the female cast because I did feel like having, having Abby Cornish as the woman being the Secret Service agent, having Alexandra Maria Lara being the chief science officer, Zazie Beetz being the computer hacker girl, mm-hmm. um, they gave the women... The roles that I think are normally given to the men. Yeah, it's not one of the problems of this movie. And I would say it's more a sign of the times than a sign of Dean Devlin evolving. But then you and then you learn afterwards that they added the female scientist. And I'm I'm just assuming (laughs) that it was the Ute character that was added afterwards. She seemed like a hologram that was like an expression (laughs) of the spaceship's AI. That's what she was like. She was a spaceship's computer just in a hologram form. <laughs> That's why she showed yeah. no emotion. I mean, yeah, speaking well, of Abby Cornish. Yeah. I mean, I know your secret service, but do you also have to behave like a robot when you're in bed with your boyfriend? <laughs> you know? Like, can you not break secret service character in the kitchen? I guess it's just her personality. <laughs> I didn't hate her, though, I will say. Casting-wise and acting-wise, I didn't hate her. 
I don't but hate yeah. her, but she's a terrible Secret Service. Yeah. <laughs> she's literally never doing her job. She's always like going off to the side to be like, come over here, let's talk. We're just supposed yeah. to be watching the president. And also... I, also, nobody knows we're in a relationship, so pretend like we don't know each other. But come to this little offside the corner and talk con- to me. Constantly whispering to each other. I was heckling the screen the whole time, just going, oh, that's why women shouldn't be in secret service. Typical. <laughs> They're just going to fall in love and give all the secrets to their boyfriend. Ah! Boo, ah! women shouldn't be. I was just heckling the screen. <laughs> like, oh I, was, I was being a basic bitch heckler saying, see? That's oh why women God, shouldn't amazing. be in the secret service. Classic. Of course, they got to give it to their boyfriends. Anyway. <laughs> I had fun just being like a, the kind of movie goer that this movie was going after. I sort of, as the yeah. movie went on, I slowly transformed into the kind of person that this movie was made for. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's what it led me to do to heckle Abby Cornish. Amazing. That's just a job for men. <laughs> When you have a 19% score on Rotten Tomatoes, there's going to be some reviews that are interesting. So do you want to hear a couple that I enjoyed? Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> Geostorm uses digital technology to lay waste to a bunch of cities and hacky screenwriting to assault the dignity of several fine actors. <laughs> assault. By the way, that's an amazing description of this movie. It was abusive. Yeah. It has just assaulted yeah. me. No, this one I really enjoyed. What lies do they tell to the likes of Andy Garcia and Ed Harris to get them into these movies? <laughs> oh my god. Well, I like to think of it as like, so we're going to do like an action version of An Inconvenient Truth, you down? And they're like, hey, cool, yeah, let's do it. Do Is Al th- Gore going to be around? Do, 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 you, <laughs> do you think that nobody told them that there was a whole other part of the movie in space? <laughs> <laughs> They didn't know they had no idea. was in it and all that shit was going to happen. <laughs> they had no idea. That <laughs> they were doing a political drama. <laughs> Next review. Geostorm is nothing but 90s disaster film cliches and science that makes Sharknado look credible. <laughs> Everything comes back to Sharknado. Mark Kermode actually says in his review he fully expected tornadoes to appear with sharks in it. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it might it might have upped the fuck, it might have upped the interest in the movie. They could have gotten a few more action scenes. Like, hey, that Rio scene could have been totally different if a shark came out of the water and just ate her. By the way, did ate you the notice that flip flops off her feet? Did, speaking of the Rio Beach scene, did you notice that the Rio Beach scene? I'm so convinced it was exactly the same cut as the Abu Dhabi beach scene. Like it was the same beach and the same people. They didn't reshoot it. They just went. They just chucked beach. Beach. Oh, I didn't notice. I, but... well, <laughs> I am fairly convinced that it was exactly the same, like, 10-second shot. <laughs> okay, I mean, they, we're going to come back to it later, but they, they were fond of a tsunami, like, Jesus. Do they know? Okay, well, psh, psh, yeah, all right. No. Shh, shh. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> so okay. hard. Right. Okay, we're going to go straight, all right, we're going to go straight into our tropes. We're coming into tropes, right? Yeah. So, whoo, tropey, trope, 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 tropes. Right. We we know what the movie's doing, but um, <laughs> what Frida? Do- <laughs> okay, we don't know what the movie's doing. <laughs> okay, we but have no idea. In what terms the of doing. tropes, um, what 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 trope did? What of the many tropes did you pick for this movie? Could you pick one? 
Were you able to find just the one? I don't even know if I would say the movie's full of tropes. It's something else. It's just like, it's so lazy. They just did Mm. every little thing they could possibly think of that would ever be in a space movie and put them all in. And so it wasn't like none of them were, and it was all like a minute of this, 10 seconds of this, 50 seconds of this. It was exhausting, exhausting. But the trope that I picked, and and I really thought about this. Okay, but I've landed on one. Okay. It's the precocious young girl trope. Okay. So, Matilda, even Leon the Professional, even Star Wars, whatever. There's a movie called Gifted. He's a little girl. And you know, there's a line that she said. She was like, stop talking to me like I'm a child. (laughs) What? You're a fucking child. She's, yeah, I mean, she's easily the best actor in the whole movie but anyway i couldn't think of anything and that was all i came she is but it is like it's such a classic thing isn't it like bit of a deadbeat dad's gotta save the day do it for his daughter kind of thing and you're just like he told me he would come back he promised yeah that was my trip what was your trip um, my mine was I, so yeah. I mean, I started out with about ten. <laughs> so what, what am I going to pick to talk about? You did ten, and then you took a ping pong ball and yeah. just threw it at the cups. And whatever cup you landed in was your trope. Which cup did it land in? So it landed in the self destruct drama. <laughs> it, it, oh. Yeah, it just chucked it in there. Just, just tucked fucking, it in there. like, just this big clock that suddenly appears and it's like, time to geostorm. And it's running down and then you have to have that scene, which is like the control room crisis. Everyone in watching. Oh, my God. It's going <laughs> to go. Of, of NASA? N- NASA yeah, they're all room? like in the control room. You've got the big clock up on the screen. Everyone's freaking out. No one really knows what happens. <laughs> but it's just this timer, this idea that... You're doing something, not only are you doing something with a timer, but you're doing something with a natural fucking disaster. You're doing something with, like, an uncontrollable thing. This isn't a bomb. This isn't a, like, a switch is going to flip and then a bomb's going to go off. You're talking about weather. And you're basically saying that at this specific time. Oh, my God. I just, all of that moments, all of the, it's just such a thing that's just so constant. And it's like, come on, just give me something fucking new. Well, Dean Devlin was clock. like, it worked once with Independence Day. I'll just do it again, but bigger. He's just missing Jeff Goldblum. Just, yeah, there's no Jeff Goldblum to redeem it. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. All right, self-destruct, tropes. time. They can't, one other thing that just popped into mind is like, <laughs> when, when, when they disappear and then the signal like reappears as a bloop, Oh, yeah. Come over here. Oh, my God, it's them. So I'm just thinking about Apollo 13, right? Mm. I just want to say, fuck this fucking movie, okay? Because (laughs) it's like, (laughs) I'm thinking of Apollo 13. It's just like such a good space movie. And we're not going to do movies based on real events in in general. I don't think it's that really our thing. But but when they disappear and the whole world is watching and all the faces of the people and you're so terrified, even though you know what happened (laughs) and the little sound of the signal, you know, great to be home. And like the emotion and the build up and it's such a payoff. What is this movie? (laughs) 
idea. And there's no payoff. Us. They expect from us that we're gonna like. Uh, I wouldn't give a fuck. Are, are we supposed care. to be happy? You've made no effort die. whatsoever to make us actually give a shit. Both of you can just and also, absolutely die. Yeah, exactly. How it would have actually I, post Oh my god. I wrote down in my notes that it would have had more meaning if they had died. So I think it's time to move into um science. Uh but starting with scientists. Yeah. Scientists reppin' and geostorm. Shall we start with Jake Lawson? Oh, can we end because I think I need yeah. a build up. All right, okay. Okay, cool. No, we so let's move. Well, look, we've mentioned we've mentioned the um chief scientific officer Ute Fassbinder, who mm-hmm. uh we're assuming is the scientist, the female scientist that was added in in post, <laughs> but uh we don't know for sure. And I'm looking at my notes and under the name Ute Fassbinder, it's blank. Oh, we don't know who she, we don't know who she is. No, it's blank because I have nothing to say about her. She oh. was the chief scientific officer. She's on the spaceship. Huh? I, I, as to her being a scientist, I literally have nothing to say. I don't know. Do you have anything to say about Ute? Because she I really... does. She so she reminds me a little bit of the pilot character from Deep Impact. And that very serious, more severe female character in the spaceship, kind of going for that. But, <clears throat> yeah, she does nothing. Yeah. So I don't know where her work ethic really comes into it. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't do anything. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Ute Fassbender. Next. Yeah, I know. I feel terrible. So okay, no, the next, the next, um, <laughs> so the next person is the the other female, uh, Zazy Beats Zazzy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I don't know exactly what her job was. I mean, she was kind of pitched as like a computer hacker person, so she's definitely like a computer she's scientist. Like, uh, she's IT. Yeah, she's IT. She is to me the total heart. She's the only person who turned up to work to act like a human uh, yes she had a bit of funny bits she was entertaining she did like as much as she could possibly ever do with what was yeah. given to her you know when she's caught in the kitchen and she's got the chinese food like she acted like a fucking human being there was a bit of relief in that movie i did yeah i wrote that down about her i said she was funny she was chill like she's smart um, mm-hmm. But like they, at least with that character, they didn't make it like that normal, like you know, nerdy guy with zero social oh. skills, glued to his computer. Right. She was like a normal chick just doing her job. And there's a lot of people that work those types of jobs that are like her. And I loved mm-hmm. it. And what I will say about um, Zazy Beats as well is that have you seen Deadpool two? No, I haven't seen Deadpool one. Oh my god. Okay, we'll 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 be coming to these things. Don't you worry. Um, uh-uh. She's in Deadpool. And she's wonderful. And I love her. And I just think she's fucking great. I mean, I did really like her. I loved watching her. She was like a relief. She was the only pleasant part of this entire movie. The girl, I can say objectively, she was good. But I didn't enjoy the daughter. Like, I found it annoying because it's so tropey. But mm. I did take a screenshot of the hacker's computer when she was, like, checking to see. And they were like, it's a virus. And the, and the command that she wrote in was make direct directory mkdir that's what it was <laughs> <Linux. Are you> <laughs> make directory dash p oh my 
my god, that's amazing. That's what it is. And then it shows all the ports and that whatever it is. I just want to say that it was just the Mac directory <laughs> Linux command that she had typed in. <laughs> oh my god, it's a virus. <laughs> it's been hacked. Incredible. No, no, that was when she goes, excuse me. These are double encrypted. Double oh encrypted. <laughs> double. That's a like, virus. <laughs> the thing about that kind of shit is like it doesn't take that much effort. You know, that's not on her. Like one hundred percent, that's not on her. But it doesn't take that much effort to to give someone a screen that makes sense or to give someone commands that they can write that make sense. Like, why would you just be that half-ass? The whole movie is half-assed <laughs> with that. It's like, what's a, what's a computer command that she can write super quick? Uh, MKDIR? Cool. Go. Right. <laughs> that, that will give an output. Uh, I really love watching movies with uh, movies like this with my partner because he's a software engineer and he knows every language that there is. And he, and he will always... <clears throat> not with this movie because we were just like fuck it but he'll say oh that's the language that's that language that doesn't make sense that makes sense i like having that knowledge yeah. of that thing because i don't know it's just it's it's cool to see for me if you put the effort in yeah but she she yeah, was a computer thing it's just effort it's just effort so she was a computer <clears throat> person who wasn't a nerd can we talk about the other person at a computer who maybe the other the other computer person who maybe looked like he was a computer nerd in a porno Oh, who are you talking about? The Hong about? Kong guy. He was dressed like oh, as if... Daniel Wu! He was dressed as if they were like in a porno and they were like, so here's the porno. You're going to play like a big nerd and then like there's going to be a girl and you're going to oh get all hot God. and bothered. And then you're... That's what he was dressed like. He had the checkered shirt that was really short. He had thick frame glasses. His hair was like weirdly on the side. He looked <laughs> insane. He looked crazy. <laughs> I'm a nerd. He's just... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think I was like, we'll get to it a little bit later about the here comes the science bit because that's that's what he's there with. And I think I did just write down somewhere. I just went, Daniel Wu deserved better. (laughs) (laughs) That very, I'll meet you there in a secret location or that's going to bode well for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's going to be great. Yeah. I don't even care at Every, this point. We in the know movie, everything's but... gonna go perfectly <laughs> fine with this. <laughs> He's going to die. All right. Okay. What other science so, people we got? Yeah. So we have. We, well, we've got the other um, computer programmer dude, the dude on the ship, the villain Duncan Taylor, or what a cocky thing. British techie guy with zero character development to lead him None. to being the mole. So like, there was just it just felt entirely pointless. The fight scene was just like. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't okay, care. Okay, cool. Checked out. Where's the revelation? It's just a brief moment of like, he's there in a scene, then he's there in another scene, and then it's like, oh, he's the computer programmer. It's a virus. It's him. It's him. Pointless. But do you have anything care. you want to say about him as a scientist? Because I actually just want to talk about the actor for a second. I don't care. He wasn't whatever. I don't fuck sh- I don't want yeah. to talk about. It. I didn't give a fuck. Okay. All right. So this yeah. So the whole thing. I I just so. I only bring up the Duncan Taylor character because I want to talk about Robert Sheehan for a second. Because okay. Robert Sheehan is an Irish actor who is has he? gotten some fucking shit roles. Is he Irish? In movies, right? Yeah, he's Irish. 
So the thing is, hmm. if you've seen Misfits, which is a Channel 4 show in the UK, or if you've seen Love Hate, which is on Radio Television in Ireland, RTE, um, then you'll know that Robert Sheehan is a good, solid actor. But in more recent years, people will probably more recognise him from getting caught up in like big blockbuster type movies that are totally fucking shit. Mortal Instruments, Geostorm, The Season Mortal of the Engines. Witch, Mortal <laughs> Engines. They all have like crazy bad reviews. But I just want to say, yeah. especially if you if you only know Robert Sheehan from seeing these types of movies, like it's just, I find it soul destroying a little bit. But I want to thank the Netflix overlords for the Umbrella Academy because it is a wonderful show and Robert Sheehan is absolutely glorious in it. So if you haven't seen him at his finest, please, please, please watch Umbrella Academy, watch Misfits, watch Love Hate. He also appears in a lot of theatre. So if you're around the UK and you spot him in a play, go he, and see it. Because okay. he, he's better he than obviously this. like caters to all of these different audiences between like TV, film and theatre. But if you only see him in these fucking movies, like it's just painful. It's unfair. So I just want to say he is a wonderful actor and he deserves we'll better. We'll make a campaign. We'll yeah. make a campaign. Spotlight. Um, okay, I need to go to the toilet. Okay. Go to the- <clears throat> Frida's just been to the bathroom we'll- so that she can be fully prepared for the last scientist on our list. <laughs> the most important <laughs> one. <laughs> Shall we talk oh, Jake motherfucking Lawson? Okay. Can I just say one thing, which is that this portrayal of a scientist made me appreciate Killian Murphy's Kappa ah. so much. Wow, yes. So much. Because even, like, the fast-talking scientists that you see in other movies, like, they're annoying, but, like, I get it. Killian Murphy just turned it down all the way. Yeah. He just had no... Whatever. Who, whatever. I, I'll, yeah. oh, no, I'll just leave it at that. So yeah. much. No, so I much. get it. Well, that's, that's my first comment. I will say... That, and I'm not saying this with any intention of being rude, but he does hold himself with like a very high level of arrogance and self-importance, and I think that that can be a sign of a certain type of scientist or potentially engineer. There's no way that someone with that kind of character would have the discipline that it takes. To accomplish what he accomplished. Yeah. At the end of the day, to, to get that far, you need to be a certain type of person. Yeah. It's not like magic that you're just so brilliant. I'm crazy and I just I'm hack things together. Yeah. And look at me. I'm working on my car engines and make engines. Like, as if it works making if a fucking... Yeah, it works if we're in superhero fantasy land and it's Tony Stark. Fine. Do you know? But, like, I, this isn't... You're not Tony Stark, so... There's no, the arrogance is there, but there's no charm. Tony Stark is a superhero. We've brought up him before. Yeah. He is written as a superhero. Therefore, yeah. it's we, we. It's fine. Yeah, he can do what he wants. But this, is as you just said, as a superhero, a real life man. Ridiculous. And Ridiculous. just this, like the whole opening scene as well when he's talking to <sighs> the freaking council, and like I get it, I do get it that there is a certain level of frustration with between like science and government funding kind of bodies in terms of having to go and explain your work to people who don't understand your work, who then are questioning whether they should finance it. And there are definitely going to be people who will have a certain level of arrogance and kind of like, well, if you don't get it, that's your problem, not mine kind of thing. 
but I don't believe they would be mm-hmm. the people that would be allowed to speak to the government people. And I don't care if he's in charge. How is he in charge? 17 countries were involved in this. It's an, we'll, We're going to talk about this bloody net and this station a little bit later. But there's no way that there is only one person, one scientist one dude man. who's in charge of all of this. Like, it's bonkers. You know what they say? Made by a team led by one man, yeah. Jake Lawson. Yeah, he's he's a bunch of bullshit, and and maybe they tried to sell this with like him and his brother being like, oh, the brother's the one that can talk, and he's the one that does the science mm-hmm. because maybe they're trying to do that whole partnership where, um, <clears throat> you know, um, they're trying to do that whole partnership thing where one of them is the talking guy, yeah. and the other one is the science guy, and people do have those those pair those partnerships absolutely, and that do go- win Nobel prizes, and it's the talking guy who does the talking, yeah. But, but but he doesn't actually do any science. He's ridiculous. He doesn't the fact that he thinks he can turn up and be a fucking astronaut. It's one thing if he was like playing a different sort of scientist down on planet Earth. But he's playing an astronaut. These are the most disciplined people. Yeah. Um and who like when you're an astronaut, your actions are so much, there's so much danger in what you're doing and people that rely upon but I guess in that weird future, you don't have to be an astronaut no, to go yeah, to space. They, you just buckle in well, and turn up. Well, they're just fucking planes you don't have up to operate they want. So. They, yeah, they just open up the door yeah. and you just land. It's just, it's a, really it's just a different type of commute. <clears throat> I'm reading this book, okay? Mm. It's called Heart. It's by this guy called Sandeep Jah- uh, Johar. And it's about like heart surgery. <clears throat> and it's about the history of heart surgery. And the cardiac surgery does have a lot of these like cowboys surgeons who did really crazy shit when they weren't supposed to who did whatever they want who like experimented on themselves or like on dogs and like there are certain fields of science where there and i bet you surgery is a big one where people pioneers have been crazy cowboys who have been arrogant and there are probably fields of science where people are that obnoxious but this is a long time ago though right field well, yeah, like in the 50s. Yeah, but this is like when think... it was a bit freer and people worked a little bit more alone and it was a bit more on the fringes. But like... Well, less rules maybe. What the, what's happening but... here is just... But even at that, like I said, he's just he, he not doing anything. He designed thing. He's, but he doesn't... He's not doing anything. He goes up there and you know what he does? He goes up there and he goes, hear that wobble? It's a dodgy transformer. Like, that's what he does. <laughs> How? How? How do you... Well, I'm sorry, What? You, you're standing on an entirely massive space station and you've heard a tiny wobble and you, you're just saying it's a dodgy transformer. Like, is that a real thing? I don't know. Someone could come along now and say in response to like this episode and be like, yeah, that is a thing and you can totally figure that out. But I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a second. I don't believe that that's a real thing. I don't believe that he's a real scientist. I don't believe that he is capable of doing any of the shit that he does. And he, he did or nothing. Capable of doing any of the shit that <laughs> was done because we don't actually see him do anything. This is all a... There was a thing, so we built this thing. Now there's a threat to it, so we're going to fix it. But the only way thing we need to do to fix it is turn it off and on again. So nothing actually really needs to happen. This is just an action mm. movie. He's so stupid. He's like ratcheting something in his car engine. We see him. Yeah. That's what he's fucking doing with booze. And by the way, he looks like a fucking alcoholic. Both of them do. Yeah. Both of them look like they're alcoholics. And what was his brother's haircut? What was with their fucking haircuts? <laughs> Max's haircut? What's, what the fuck? They all—they just both looked hung over the entire time. Oh, God. 
God. He looks hungover. He looks like this fucking alcoholic guy. I'm just... Hello. I'm coming in from Earth to fix everything. I'm Jack Lawson. Jesus Christ. There's a... Um, Sorry. Yeah, one of us got a shot there. I'm sure that, that'll go down Hello. well. Hello. <laughs> so, oh like... Oh, my God. Fucking, fucking, no, no, it's just like, it's just like, I'm this cowboy scientist. I did all this stuff and I'm like listening yeah. to instructions. Yeah, Deal exactly. It's, it, that's the thing that gets me about Obnoxious, it. It's the whole cowboy awful. attitude vibe where you're just like, but that's like, that's not going to get you anywhere. And it's clear it's not going to get it's you just, anywhere. And it obviously isn't getting you anywhere. And you've not learned your lesson. So now we have to destroy everything in order for you to just learn your motherfucking lesson. And Why is he playing a scientist? Why is Jared know. Butler playing a scientist? Because it's he not a science d- movie. This is the thing. Assholes. It's an action movie. This uh, is the movie? same no. with Spectral and James Badge Daily. It's not. It's it's designed and it's disguised as being a science movie, but it is not a science movie. It is an action movie. So the hero, even though the character is supposed to be a scientist, the hero has to be an action star, and that's what they care about, and that's what they want. And they think, Jared Butler, action star, pulling power, get him in there. Instead of thinking no about... Action, though. like it, But that's the thing, exactly. It's just bonkers. It's, There's no action. Oh, God. There's no action. Where's the action? Rocket packs in space. There's yeah. no action. Things falling around him. Like having 10, 20 last second saves. There's no action. There's like... There's no action. There's like fake drama. There's hardly even any weather action. Yeah. It's there's no science. What is this movie? There's no science. There's no action. There's well, no pro- there's no good drama. There's no intrigue. There's no sex. There's nothing. This movie is is a whole lot of things sewn together with like single stitches that are kind of coming apart, and then at the last minute, just squeeze squished together in a tiny jar and they had to push everything in in the jar and like lean all their weight on the lid just to close everything in and then <laughs> threw that into the fire and then like took a video of the explosion and that's the movie <laughs> oh my god well done it's a beautiful summary of the movie <laughs> oh god but we're a science podcast abby oh. what do we do about the well fact- <laughs> we talk so we can we <laughs> We can talk about it. We, we're gonna okay. Let's let's get into it then. Let's get into let's get into the science. Um, start with the science. Well, start with science in action then, because I I do want to talk about the the environment of the setup of the way it is, the way that they are. It's not necessarily science in terms of scientific experimentation, but it is about the technology that they are using and how they are presenting it. So. I would like to talk about cost. Because. Cost? Yeah. Did the planet suddenly get like crazy rich? Like has poverty been eliminated? (laughs) There's just money to like just burn everywhere and all these satellites and shuttles. Right? Like, I mean, let's talk about what it takes to build a satellite and launch it into space from a cost perspective. Okay. Well, maybe when everything becomes so globalized and everything's working together, there is no money anymore. Everyone just does it for free well hey yeah yeah sure sure that's gonna happen <laughs> it's right on the horizon there jesus christ uh, okay right let's talk because this is the shit that really really got me about this movie because like i mean th- we'll talk a bit more about the the weather stuff in a minute but i just want to start with okay right the shuttles that they're using right they they'd be considered orbital class rockets now i'm gonna i'm gonna lay some stuff down for you you ready for this yeah 
Rockets are equipped with a main engine as well as small thrusters, right? The main engine is the thing that gets you into space and the thrusters are what guide you to your destination. Now, a rocket will generally operate like an internal combustion engine. They're chemically Mm -hmm. powered and they'll use either solid or liquid propellant. Sometimes they have both in order to power their motion. A jet engine, like airplanes that we go on, will use oxygen in the air. But in space, there's no air. So a rocket engine needs a way to create oxygen burning fuel. So one of the biggest challenges in spaceflight is the cost. Yes. Not just the technology and the structure of the rocket, but it takes a lot of fuel to propel it into space. And fuel costs money. The rocket needs to be able to generate enough force to lift the payload, the unused fuel and the rocket itself through all the thick layers of the atmosphere fighting against frictional and gravitational forces. So it always comes back to the payoff between what you can do in terms of what the satellite needs versus what you can do in terms of what the rocket can lift. Because get this, it can cost around $10,000 per 500 grams of payload to launch it into space. Oh my God. So when we say payload, we're talking about the satellites, the rocket's reason for being, its reason for taking off the ground. So... Let's just take Jared Butler, Jake Lawson, as a passenger. One solo passenger. If we say that Jared Butler weighs roughly 85 kg, which is probably a little bit light if he's got some muscle on him, (laughs) it would cost around $1.7 million just for that solo space flight that he took to the station. Just happened to have a rocket going off up there. It's like he got on a fucking bus. (laughs) But back to the satellites as the payload. The satellites themselves also need to carry their own propulsion systems. Computer system, communication system, attitude control, bus, power source and heat control, as well as their actual reason for function. So like a telescope will need cameras and ways to take measurements. And all of this equipment leads us to current day It can cost roughly around $150 million to build and launch one satellite. How many do they have up there? How often are they launching rockets? They're just like going every few minutes. It's like a commercial airport. I just, I I know that it's, I know that in terms of like, I know it's a movie. I know that, but it's just the scale is fucking crazy to me it's ridiculous isn't it's it so mad ridiculous. and isn't it mad when you actually think about like just how much that costs and they don't mention cost do they mention cost at any point in the movie no it's like the it's like the country just went oh climate's bad here's all the money as if that would ever fucking happen i mean come on people have been going on about it yeah. for years and they're just like oh no let's keep our money keep our money the other thing to think about then is the actual i mean you talk about like the the launch pads and the rockets going off and the space station itself. But this net, right? Yeah. This actual fucking net. <laughs> Before yeah. they've built this net, there is already thousands and thousands of satellites up in space debris, right? Yeah. So where have they built the net? Because do we take it that all the satellites are in a low Earth orbit? There's no space debris in the whole movie. None. They've built this net all around the Earth, right? Have they built it in low Earth orbit? With, this doesn't make sense because weather satellites are normally put into geostationary orbit. But the International Climate Space Station is living above the net, which would mean that 
every launch has to find a suitable path through the Van Allen radiation belts, which is totally like it just seems totally implausible for the amount of launches they're doing. And then mm. not just due to the higher level of radiation, but we're also talking about like a further distance, more atmosphere to push through, more fuel needed, more money. So, OK, yeah. yes, there might be people kind of going, oh, but there's weather satellites in low Earth orbit as well. That's where the International Space Station is right now. And yes, there are satellites, weather satellites in low Earth orbit. But the satellites that they're using in this movie have very specific country designations, suggesting that they are always over the same region of space, which you can only fucking do in geostationary orbit. That's what I have to say on that. (laughs) It's just implausible. It's completely impossible. They didn't even make it look cool. Like, it wasn't even cool. Mm. Like, all the science and all the futuristic space shit that they had, even though... Again, you're like, they didn't even pretend that it was in the future. It wasn't even cool. They didn't spend any time showing it to us so that we fucking understood it. Yeah. But it wasn't even cool. Like a lot of movies we've watched and I'm like, yeah, it's implausible, but cool. I like kind of enjoying this weird thing. And I think we had a few movies where I said that. Mm. Like, I don't really care because it was cool and I never saw anything like that before. You're so right. But this movie, I don't, it wasn't even cool. It was stupid. It was fucking stupid. I couldn't even see what was going on half the time. And I couldn't even hear what was going on half the time. I didn't understand anything. He barely got his science words out, Gerard Butler. <laughs> Were there science words? I missed them. <laughs> he barely got his words out. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. I mean, at any point, I was just like, get me the fuck out of here. It wasn't even cool. It wasn't even cool. You're so right. They just, like, they're yeah. walking around with all of this weird, te- like, what were those, ho- those hollow things? I don't even know what they were calling them. Their new magic iPads, their hollow things. Oh yeah, they they showed it for one second. Bloop bloop. Yeah, and then they didn't show. And you're on this huge space station, and for some reason, you need an entire wall to become like a hollow video chat with Earth. Like, there's just. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't believe that there's any sense of future. We have Zoom delays between Australia and fucking the UK. Do not tell me you're not going to have delays between (laughs) Earth and fucking ICSS, which is 100 percent up. In the highest orbit. Just stupid. Giant video chats. <laughs> when people on the ISS do video chats, it's teeny. It's just like... I follow ISS on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, no, I do they as well, teeny yeah. video chats. Yeah. Teeny spaces. Do you know what I realize? That they don't spend any time showing us anything because they know how dumb it is. Yeah. They just show everything for 10 seconds and you're like, okay, I'll just add that to the bank of like more shit in this movie. Because they know it's stupid. <laughs> so... Um, on that note, let's move into a little bit more um, into the science thing so you can really tell us how much the movie failed. How it failed. So let's start with, let's start with, um, okay, climate change. That's, they're using it as a plot device. There's not really anything about climate change in this movie. It's just a, this shit happened. There's we nothing fixed about it. it. So so you've you said it before, but this movie was just this whole fantasy that we'll be able to solve climate change just on technology and not have to change any of our behavior whatsoever because the scientists will come up with an answer. <laughs> it's magic. To solve climate change. That's right. And what's their answer to come up with? Climate control. Yep. So how do they do that? A net of satellites. Like, they're they're using some type of technology. There's zero explanation 
as to what this technology that they're using is. But what we can say is that back in the 1980s, there was a scientist named James Early. Have you heard this? I don't think so. Um, so the scientist James Early had this idea of using a constellation of satellites to act as a buffer for solar radiation. Oh, yeah. The idea was... Yes. Yeah. So the idea was that you can counteract the increase in warming from CO2 by reducing the warming from the sun. Yeah. But the problem with this is that it's just mathematically it just doesn't work because... I read an article in the Smithsonian magazine with an interview with a scientist whose first name I don't have, but it's Caldera. Ken Caldera. And basically he says that to do this, you would need to cover 10 million square kilometers with satellites. We're again now talking about numbers that are hard to kind of quantify in our minds and stuff. So if we think about it in this way, he says to get this built over 50 years, you would need to build one square kilometer every three minutes. That's how big this thing is. That's how big it would need to be. Yeah. And it's so it's just kind of bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. But if we just take the net itself aside and just look at this uh, concept and idea of using satellites to control the weather, like we're we're talking about making localized changes in the weather system. But the atmosphere is this big connected thing. So there's nothing to say that any changes you make would be isolated. No. Um, in the real world, there is like an area of research. That's, it's referred to as geoengineering, but it's the, a lot of scientists kind of say it's more correct to refer to it as climate intervention. because it and Basically, it just normally deals with either methods of carbon dioxide removal or solar radiation management. And there's a couple of ways that you can use satellites and other things to kind of do stuff with the weather, which admittedly, before watching this movie, I knew absolutely nothing about any of this. I didn't know that this was a thing, a real thing. Mm. Carbon capture has been very big in Australia. Oh, cool. Because we love coal. So that's the wet dream of Australian politicians Uh. is that we can somehow capture the carbon. Thank God they've dropped that bullshit. I well, I found the whole cloud seeding thing interesting, and it made me think of the wildfires and stuff. But I okay. guess you need clouds to do cloud seeding. <laughs> what's, cl- what's, cloud what's cloud seeding? seeding? Um, <laughs> so the cloud cloud seeding. This is hilarious, right? Because I actually I read a conspiracy about cloud seeding before I read about what it actually was. So I read the conspiracy. No, it wasn't a conspiracy. I read an official Department of Defense US government document. But when I read it, I was like, this has to be fake. I must be like on the onion or something. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. (laughs) And then I read up about cloud seeding and went, oh, no, it's a thing. So very simply, it's just the idea of like spraying clouds with things like silver iodide, which will promote condensation in water so it can induce rain. The, the thing about it is it's like really unverified as to whether it actually works or not. A lot of countries use it though. China and United Arab Emirates are really big on it. Do you want to sure say something? Are. I can see I, you want to say something about conspiracy, don't you? <laughs> Go on. Just, just, just what, I don't know what I want to say first. I have, because it's, Fuck. Okay, so but in the movie they like shoot pellets and the yeah. pellets like absorb the storm. <laughs> they just shoot at it. I saw a tweet from a Pasco, Pasco sheriff. Oh my this God. is an actual sheriff in Pasco. Okay, during Hurricane Irma. <laughs> a picture of, it says, 
to clarify. Do not shoot weapons at Irma. You won't make it turn around and it will have a very dangerous side effect. <laughs> and then there's a picture of a storm front and an and a air rifle shooting guns and they have a- arrows from the guns coming around and it says bullets come back. Don't shoot. Oh, my God. Okay. So that's a real tweet. But, but anyway. That's it. Wait, so- I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You cannot move on from that. Right. I'm sorry. We need to talk about that. Because do you remember Independence Day? The, where I was saying the news reports were like, do not yes. fire guns at the spaceships. You might inadvertently shoot. start a space war. It's like, yeah. What do, do you think a bullet's going to do? Do not shoot at the, the weather. So shooting little pellets into a storm, I don't care what's inside them. Yeah. But there's so much to say. And one thing that you, you mentioned about, like, atmosphere, it's all connected to one another. Mm. You can't, like, make a change in an atmosphere. It's all uh, connected. There is something on Earth that can make its own atmosphere, though, make its own weather system. It's called a rainforest. Oh. Rainforests make and control their own climate. They have their own climate. They can do it. These trees that are like a thousand years old and so tall and so so um, close together that they create their, their own climate. And everything in the rainforest is connected to that climate and everything feeds everything else. Then you go cut all that shit down. Yeah. There, there are like microclimates on Earth where people have entire contained climates. But that is in the making. That is tens of thousands or even millions of years in yeah. the making being tightly evolving system yeah you can't just engineer it but that is like a human fantasy that we can like solve climate yeah you, we have no like we have we have we're only just beginning to understand the way everything we've only been here we've only been doing this research since you know the 60s yeah that's not very long time in the scope of like how long the earth has been evolving and how long climate has been evolving. Well, but, but that's all very serious. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I'm going to keep it serious for a second though because I think for, following on from what you're saying about the Amazon and stuff, it brings up some issues around ethics. And that's something that's just really interesting because there's one article that I read and it was in um it was in the conversation and it stated that and I'm going to quote this Injecting particles into the stratosphere to cool parts of Earth might disrupt the Asian and African summer monsoons, threatening the food supply Mm. for billions of people. So, (sighs) who gets to decide what's right and wrong? Who gets to make the decision about how, if you can geoengineer the climate, like, who gets to make those choices? We we don't win by spraying shit into the Mm. atmosphere. When are we going to learn that we don't win that way? We have to just stop interfering. We have to let, but speaking of, and now I'm going to segue into the conspiracy theories because the cloud seeding and, and there have been, there have been projects that, and did you read about Project Popeye? This project that tried to yes. create rain. That's the that's the document I was reading that I was like, this can't it's, be real. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's real. So, but the Project Popeye. So the weather weather modification, so trying to create rain, right? So this idea and the idea Mm. of cloud seeding, where they use silver dioxide and and they spray it onto clouds, basically 
it started this whole conspiracy theory where people start to become very paranoid about what things the government is spraying into the atmosphere and why they might be doing that, right? So they're spraying things into the atmosphere. It starts with it starts with climate control and then it goes on to mind control. Oh Have you ever heard of this? It's called chemtrails. Don't look into it too deeply because <laughs> it goes very, very deep. But basically they believe that the contrails left by airplanes when they fly through space are actually chemtrails and that's the government spraying things into the air to control the climate. And this is oh based on the fact that uh, they kind of did try to spray things into the air to control the climate, but now chemtrails come. It's all about mind control, and actually, the U.S. government gets calls from like angry citizens very often complaining about chemtrails, having spotted chemtrails that are responsible for mind control. Oh my god! And you will see some people out there who will link chem chemtrails with five G. Oh. With coronavirus, (laughs) that it's all interconnected, mind control is so insane. Like, I would say that, like, there is a history of people, government spraying shit, which was bad for health. Like, I'm thinking, like, DDT and things like that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's funny. A lot of these conspiracy theories, I feel like they take root with some little bit of reality and well, then that's evidence that's all anybody needs well this is the thing evidence. though what if freedom what evidence. if in 20 years time we find out it's all true and we're here taking the piss out of it <laughs> <laughs> they're listening right now anyway hope uh, you're listening in 20 years time we apologize <laughs> it's exhausting i know well look yeah, this is, well, this is the thing. There, There's always going to be experiments. There's always going to be research. And there's always going to be people like looking into doing this kind of stuff. And, and that's great. But the movie that we watched made zero effort to explain how they were using these satellites, except for shooting some lasers and some pellets around the place. So we're guessing that they were trying to use some of this kind of vibe. But like on the scale of what they're doing in the movie, that is not something that is like that's I mean, like. Even if we could do something like that, we it, it's thousands of years away. Like, this is not happening in the next 10 years. Like, just let it go. Let it go. Let, let it go. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on from what we assume they're trying to do as a method of controlling um, climate change. And let's talk about what they did do, which is... The movie had a computer virus cause these satellites that they're using to control the climate to malfunction, leading to some drastic and extreme weather changes. Uh, Even able to cause other natural disasters, such as tsunamis and earthquakes, uh, that are not dependent on weather systems. In reality, climate change, yeah, like climate change, it will make worse wildfires, worse hurricanes, like even like economic um, troubles. But like depicting extreme weather, including tsunamis so big that they could only be caused by an asteroid impacting the ocean will confuse people as to the real effects and causes of climate change. So shall we have a little chat about some of these extreme weather conditions? In the movie or in real life? Uh, both. Let's let's. Um, I don't know what mater- I don't know what you information you have. Do you have real life? Well, I live in Australia. Uh, well, so it's yeah. already fucking happening. <laughs> yes, we're is. there. Yeah. We don't need to look any further. There's no fa- like this is it. It's happened. Yeah. It's happening. So I don't want. That's it. That's what I want to say. Oh, okay. 
It is, yeah. We don't well, need to use our imaginations, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. It's here. It's here. Okay. But this movie Next. fails to highlight and show, like, extreme weather changes to a realistic effect. Because what we actually have is... <laughs> We have a village in Afghanistan flash freezing out of fucking nowhere so that the people are... The people didn't even move. They didn't even react. They're solid. How about Madrid? Just like, ah, oh yeah, the the million or so people who just died from heat because they didn't know it was hot outside. And they were... They didn't know it was hot. But but I guess we've seen the way the weather is in the movie. Apparently you have to outrun the weather. Didn't you know? Yeah. It's behind you. There's a Run. very there's a very strict line. There's zero temperature gradient across the line. So it just in one region <laughs> is this. And if you step across the road, it's totally like okay, I want to talk about a couple of things about this, right? Firstly, okay, so ice yeah. regions. It the thing is, you need to have like drastically low pressure to be able to create like um, something like that, like the village in Afghanistan. So in theory, like this could potentially happen in the eye of a hurricane, but like you need the hurricane and the destruction and the super low pressure, like not just, <laughs> hey, where did this come from? Exactly. It just like just all those ideas and and the Rio thing, like just the uh, how is that even happening? How is the ice even like following her like that? Yeah, a little hot girl running from the thing. Her boyfriend gets frozen. In her flip-flops. In her fucking flip-flops. They kept trying to do this thing where they had, like, random people trying to outrun the weather and we're supposed to care about them. Yeah. You know? Just following these random people, outrunning the weather. But also, she does survive. And then a plane falls on her head. Doesn't know. First birds start falling out of the sky. We go, what is that? What is that? Birds? Birds? And then a plane comes. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. It was like shouldn't have left your boyfriend behind. Yeah, they tried Whatever. to make this huge scene, but you're just like, but th- what is happening? Like terrible. I mean, simply awful. Just, come on, guys. And Surely, it, would she not be so cold that it would be like being in a fridge? You know, even if it froze that close to her, out. it would be like she's in a freezer with that much ice up her. Surely, she'd it's, be like she's not just like fucking sit there blocked at this end of this alleyway and she's totally fine like that girl's dead she's at the end of that alley frozen to death anyway even though the ice didn't touch her that's my that's my my feeling on it but shout out to our our slasher miniseries that's going to come up next week (laughs) but she's like in a slasher film but instead of being chased by you know a michael myers she's being chased by the weather yeah the weather is the killer here the weather in this movie was (laughs) something else not weather. It was like, they, well, <laughs> I don't. They took the word weather front moving, weather front moving across. And they just took that idea and was like, how about if it was just behind me? Well, and not like in the atmosphere. Well, yeah. Fucking speaking. Fucking hell. Speaking of what they also took was they took some, they took some liberty with some wording and they created a thing called geostorm, which, in fairness. It did give us... What's a geostorm? <laughs> it gave us our first Here Comes the Science bit moment in a while. We haven't had one. We've been doing movies where it's been gradually kind of explained or like it's coming out. We haven't had yeah. a full-on like, we're going to explain it Terrible now. movie. So we have the explanation. <laughs> Tell me. If someone is covering up a defect, there's the potential for critical failure on a global scale. If Dutch Boy has a catastrophic failure, it can create something far worse than the very thing we are trying to prevent. What we call 
a geostorm. A geostorm? What's a geostorm? Simultaneous catastrophic weather events triggered all over the globe. Once they pass the minimum threshold, <sighs> the storms will start causing new storms like a chain reaction until they merge together. This is not a thing. Just so you know, this is this is not a this is not a thing. It sounds it's e- not real. It sounds exact. It's not, and also the, they they just introduced geostorm just so they can have a countdown clock later saying time to geostorm. That's literally it. That's only that's exactly it, and that's not how weather works. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a storm is going. I'm a Bruin. I'm a Bruin. Countdown clock stopped. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll stop, stop brewing. now. I love that you were like not a second before the countdown. Not a second before. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Come on. How is anything in our entire world of technology that fucking precise? Well, so what was Daniel Wu? Was he, what, what was he an expert on? Who cares? Who cares? Fuck him. What are you going to say? I don't know. I think he, I, can we no, start? I think can he we, was supposed to be, the, to be, no, he was the Chinese Jared Butler. Jake oh, Lawson. I think he was like the other guy. Oh, he was the guy from China. Abby, yeah. I need to get out of this movie. Okay, all right. Okay, I need okay, to get okay, out. okay. We're moving. <laughs> We're just going to move on. But what I do want to say, though, because of the whole geostorm thing, I do want to say geomagnetic storms are a thing, right? Like a okay. geomagnetic storm is a thing. It's sudden spikes in the magnetic and electric field strengths of the magnetosphere and the ionosphere, which are like upper layers of our atmosphere. These occur when we get like um, coronal ejections from the sun. So you get like a lot more solar radiation and it kind of knocks or it like a lot more solar radiation hits these layers of the atmosphere and the magnetic field. But they're very dangerous because they can cause worldwide electrical shortages. They can like cause ecosystem damage. But they cannot cause hailstorms, tsunamis, mass tornadoes, and thunderstorms planet wide. <laughs> but what it could do, what it could do, and what the movie missed a trick on here, is it could massively fuck up that big ass net that they built. The net, it could. And then it's going to take that out. It's a geomagnetic storm. Well, I guess they should self destruct it before it falls to Earth. <laughs> and just one more comment in the science section mm. that I had about the virus. <laughs> And you mentioned about, and you already said, turning it off and turning it on again yeah. apparently gets rid of a virus. But they're words of like, it'll flush out the virus. As if... To, That's how it works. I now. reckon they would have had to race the entire system and re, they'd have to clear everything to clear the virus as well. Yeah. Would they not? I, like, I know that you said it already, that turning it off and turning it on again apparently, but it apparently gets rid of the virus. But they said... The words flush out the virus so many times. Flush it out. Flush out the virus. You've got to flush out the virus. Flush out the virus. Flush out the virus. And just waiting there. Ten seconds of geostorm. The satellites all have to turn off. Ten of them are off. Four of them are off. Three of them are off. One of them are off. Okay, they're all off. Flush it out. Flush. Flush. Zero to Geostorm. Geostorm cancelled. <laughs> Reboot it back up. <laughs> Flash out the virus. Thank you, weather gods, for listening. <laughs> if they so actually funny. did flush it out with water, I bet you. <laughs> that would have probably been more effective way of getting rid of the virus than basically just turning it off and turning it on again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Reboot. 
it's like anyway, that is the whole thing isn't it yeah it's just like flash. the entire answer is turn it off and on again it's like what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> but you know what i will say though is even though like okay look yeah this movie like scientifically is terrible for a laugh it's great and just for just watching some random trash action crap yeah it's fine it's like i you know i didn't have any major problems with it in that respect but i agree i think we're done with science for now right Shit. Yeah. yeah. I think I need a break from science for a week after All right, this. Cool. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay, fair enough. I take that. I totally take that point. Um you can have a break from science for a while if you need it. <laughs> but for now, let's move into our what the fuck moment. What the f- what the f- what the fuck. Okay. Frida. What pray tell was your what the fuck moment for this movie? Again, like the tropes. Did you find one? Giant space lasers. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, point. And it leads into something else. Is when there's a giant space laser. I just want to say that if, that if... If Judgepoint had the capability of being a giant space laser in, in any event to begin with... <laughs> so when Gerard Butler is like... They took my giant space laser and turned it into a gun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, oh, they took my giant space laser. They turned it into a gun. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, sp- you're fucking Scottish. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's my what the fuck. Oh it's like, God. you're going to pretend that this thing wasn't a giant weapon. It was a giant weapon. It was built as a giant yeah. weapon. It was built to be used as a weapon. Of course, it's going to be used as a weapon. It was so much a weapon that all the evil people were like I wasn't going to do it I wasn't going to make an evil plan but the Dutch boy makes me so tempted to do an evil plan that now I am forced to do an evil plan like to actually have built this myself to have had an evil plan would have been so much effort but then like you built it for me and it's just there and all I need to do is get like a computer virus in it and like that's you know so yeah, like I'll it's do evil. It's a virus. <laughs> Giant space laser. I'm in. Oh my god, that's so hilarious. <laughs> that's my what the fuck. What's your oh what my the god. fuck? Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Why did he have a fucking bazooka in the boot of his car? <laughs> okay, my poor microphone. Well, (laughs) like, but it's just okay. There's a few things about that scene, right? So they um they stop the car. They get out. Firstly, how do they know where the president is? Secondly, they figured out what what fucking self driving smart car taxi thing that the president is in. They pull over, and they just happen to have a rocket launcher in the boot of the car. (laughs) So he gets out the rocket launcher, sets the car, like, hits the car. The car explodes, pulls up near them, like, after exploding. It's entirely engulfed in flames, and he still walks towards it with his gun drawn. Like, the whole thing. Just what the actual fuck is happening here? Where did the fucking rocket launcher come from? Why do you have it? Because it's this movie. Because it's this movie. Because they had giant space lasers, <laughs> rocket packs. 
what were they? I don't know. But, Every, like, so they were like, they had to have a bazooka. But I just like to think of it in terms of like, before the events <sighs> of this movie happened, what was the plan for the rocket launcher? Like, why? Did, what were they going to do with why it? Why did he have Were they going to blow up the DNC with the rocket launcher? Is that what it was about? Like, is, they were just... It just got me. They just took it out and it was just such a moment of just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. I mean, I've watched the whole movie up until now, but I still can't believe this is happening. It was great. Oh my God. I really enjoyed I it. I like when they arrested the bad guy at the end and they were all stand there. They were like, you're going to get your due, bad yeah. guy. And they were like standing around saying, taking turns saying things to yeah. him. And it's like, you thought you were smart, but you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we caught you. And then he's like, you know what my brother would say? Yeah. <laughs> that that was a like punch to the face for anyone that missed t- that um, Frida punching Stand around teasing Ed Harris. <laughs> Plus you're bald. And the, oh yeah, there's the moment as well. Like Andy Garcia has the, I'm, I'm the goddamn president of the United States of America. Because <laughs> it's a superpower and just saying that means you can do anything well. Actually, let's not get into that. Do anything. You know, it seems kind of true right yeah. now. Mm-mm. Anyway, Mm-mm. let's move on to our final verdicts. So wait, wait. Oh, before we forgot to mention the dog. <gasps> the dog. He didn't come up, but he wrote in a dog just so you know. A minute later, when he's saved, the dog is there, and I yeah. knew the dog would be there because I've just been following yeah. '90s disaster movies. The dog turns up, and then we go. And the dog survived. Well, and that's the whole existence of the dog. Because this this movie kind of closes out like a whole disaster series thing for us. I feel like, was there just like one movie that didn't have a dog? Did Volcano have a dog? Volcano did not have a dog. Yeah, they skimped on a lot of things in that movie. And Deep Impact, and Deep Impact did not have a dog. <gasps> no, Deep Impact did but have a dog. Independence Day had a dog. Twister had a dog. Um, Dante's Peak had a dog. Titanic had a dog and we forgot to Oh no. The old lady has a dog. The old lady brings a dog onto the ship and I was like, Don fucking yeah, it's a dog. <laughs> That's the most important thing right now. I think the most important thing for us always now will be checking if there's a dog. Checking yeah. if there's a dog. Um Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, so okay, so final dog. final verdicts. Um okay. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Here we go. No, for a twenty seventeen movie, did the movie pass the Bechdel test? Sure, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Did it like sure, okay. Sarah? Like the Sarah and Dana characters talked to each other when she had her gun pulled on her. So I guess you know, they both had names. It's getting they said better. A line. Things are getting better. There were a few movies. Things are getting women, better. But yeah, well, I don't have yeah. anything else to say about that. Don't care. Um, don't care. Okay. Not answering the question. Did it pass? <laughs> Here comes the science. No, no not at all. Fuck off. Not in it. Like, and normally I like to be kind of like, was there that? OTT explanation of like now I'm going to explain the science to you of what's going on and then the actual like sciencey bits and stuff but this is just a hard no on both of them it was just just no no it's a fuck fuck off get me out of here I don't <laughs> care I don't shut up shut up fuck <laughs> it's that <laughs> okay um so your actual your actual final 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 verdict zero. what is your scoring for this movie zero <gasps> zero Zero. What's yours? Really? Oh wow. Yeah, zero. I don't None. nothing. I don't know. Nothing. I just, you deserve nothing. Well, I, yeah, because like to be fair, what I do want to say, I I do want to make a last comment on this movie because my biggest problem is mm-hmm. that 
It used climate change as a plot device, but it did absolutely nothing to support or further the cause of climate change or to inform about like the realities. And I personally just feel that that's kind of irresponsible in the time that we're in in the world right now. And if you wanted to make a comment on climate change, then you could at least put in some accurate signs and not just some made up shit that goes smashy bang. Like it just. Yeah. And also, if you're going to like do the 17 countries and have an ensemble, then have an ensemble cast. You threw in and some other people show... there, but they had nothing to do. It was bull. So I'm going to give it um, because I think that the because I think that some of the cast did the best that they could do. And because I think that things like visual effects and stuff like that, like worked hard and I want to give them something for having done that effort and gone in to do their job and do the best that they could with it. Mm. I'm going to give it a one. Because mm. I gave Spectral a two, I think, or something like that. So I'm giving it one. No. Yeah, they did That's what I think about this movie. I just want to say, I want it dead. I want a tall family dead. I want them down in the ground. I want its children dead. I want it dead. That's what I think about this movie. <laughs> and let's leave that there then. <laughs> bye bye, Geostorm. Hello, next movie title, Frida. Hello. Hi. Do you know there's a genre that we haven't done yet? Oh. There's a there's a genre, and it's, it's exciting because it's the first season, let's just say, of our show. Yeah. So we're going to do the first time travel, the first season, the first time. Okay. There's a genre that I love very dearly. Very, very dearly. And we haven't really gotten into this favorite genre of mine, which is zombies. <gasps> I know what you're going to say. So I'm picking a movie which is 100% a dedication to my mom, who has been... Every time she watches an episode, this morning was the last time I spoke to her and she said, when are you doing it? It is a zombie movie starring Glenn Close, starring Gemma Ayerton. It's called The Girl with All the Gifts. Speaking of actually precocious young girls in movies, I believe there's one in this movie. I'm really excited about it. Rent it. Okay. Watch it. Meet us back here in two weeks. (laughs) We'll chat about it. I'm excited. So we're going to see a great science character, a lot of women, something more modern. Cool. Modern telling of the zombie genre. Love it. Good and choice. we'll see you next yes. week with our first slasher. <gasps> yes. We're starting with Mini Scream. Sode. I'm very excited. Can't, can't fucking wait. wait. Yeah. So we've got a little bit of scariness coming up, which is nothing wrong with yep. that. Very exciting. I'm super excited. Soup's, I can't believe I just said that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> yep very excited so, so if you would like to join us in two weeks time then please do and give us a rating if you have time and subscribe to the podcast on whatever your chosen player subscribe is. subscribe subscribe thank you for listening if you want to get in contact you can email us on science at the movies at gmail.com or catch us on instagram at science at the movies or on twitter at movies underscore science tell us your thoughts and we your things and your you. what the fucks and your recommendations please. we are down for it all we want to know we exist. Do we exist? Please, we want to hear from you. Oh, God. <laughs> Terrible. We're, yeah, we're in an, okay, okay we're bye. in an existential crisis. <laughs> okay, bye, bye. Okay. Bye. bye. <laughs> existential crisis. Cue. <laughs>